Welcome to the Edit Your Life podcast. I'm Christine Ko. And I'm Asha Dornfest, and we're here to help you edit the unnecessary from your life so you have more room to enjoy the awesome. We share practical ways to declutter your home schedule and mental space without getting bogged down by perfection. And we believe that baby steps are the key to getting there. Hello, Edit Your Life listeners. I am delighted to bring you another wonderful summer guest host, the just lovely and delightful and one of my favorite people, Paige Lewin. Hi, Paige. Hello, Christine. Hi. Well, listen, you were on the show a very, very long time ago. I can't even remember what episode it is, but I will link it up in the no- in the show notes because you did a great episode with us on refreshing your nest. Um, but this was, you know, a while ago and it was yeah, probably specific- four years ago. <laughs> yeah. A spring thing, uh, possibly single or just double digits. Um, and so I wanted to have you back because, well, we'll get into it, but I think that the nest is so important right now. It might seem, you know, like, oh, there's so many things to be focused on, but you have shown me so much about why it's important. But before we get there, I would love for you to talk a little bit about your story. You have a cool pivot back story and how that has led you to your current, like quite life-changing work, I might say. Is that Aww. too dramatic? I don't <laughs> I love it. <laughs> I love it. Shower it all on me. Yes. <laughs> Life-changing for me. And yeah. And, and for maybe, others. Yeah. 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 Uh, sure. So I spent about 20 years in public relations. It's what I studied when I was at Syracuse and went right into it uh, with no break, straight, straight from school, went to agency life, and then moved on there from there into sort of community relations and public relations work for higher ed. And toward the end of, you know, getting close to the 20-year mark, I was starting to feel like I needed something more, that I needed something that sort of reflected more of who I was, doing something a little more creative. Public relations is incredibly creative when it comes to campaigns and writing, but I felt like I needed to get like my hands dirty almost, just getting, Mm -hmm. uh, really creating something, making something. Um, and I had had an interest in design and interiors and homes for a long time. It wasn't until, um, we probably bought our first home that I actually really got into it from my own perspective. Like I always loved looking at home magazines, but, um, I never did anything with my rentals, you know, my rental houses and apartments that I lived in, which is kind of crazy. But when we bought our first house, it just sort of struck me like, this is our first nest and we're really going to make it our own. And I got really, really into it. And um, when we sold our first house, our real estate agent said, you know, people are asking who the designer is, which is kind of funny when I think, think back to what that house looked like. And he said, you know, you should make cards. And I was like, that seems kind of crazy. That's not what I do. I'm an, I'm a public relations person. But then I started hearing it more and more from, from friends and people I really care about. And you were a pivotal part in my pivot um, in really helping me learn, number one, that I could do this because you were one of my first real clients. And um, also that what I was doing was making a real difference for my clients. Um, which was incredibly important to me to impact the lives of my clients. And I was sort of starting to lose that in the public relations world, Mm -hmm. um, that I was sort of of service to other people. And um, 
your our work together, our, my work with with you and John was um, really life changing for me and solidified that uh, going into people's homes and helping them find joy in spaces that they didn't think they could find joy in anymore was um, just the trigger to say, I'm going to do this. And that's where we are. And I started my business sort of unofficially. I think we, you and I worked together maybe eight years ago on your home. Wow. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah, it was a long time ago. And then officially launched the business uh, a little over six years ago. I think I actually just had my six-year anniversary in June. Amazing. So, Amazing. Yeah. 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 And, you know, lest anybody, if, if, you know, if we need to make this a little more clear, I'll be really, really candid and say that I hated my house. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hated it every single day. I walked through it. And then after I worked with Paige, I loved it every day, every day. And I had a smile on my face. So that that's like important. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, that's amazing. Um, obviously, I know your story, but I love hearing it every time. It just makes me smile. Did you know that hyaluronic acid naturally occurs in our skin, but decreases gradually as we age, leading to thinner, drier skin? If you're looking for support hydrating your skin from the inside out, check out one of the tools in my hydration arsenal, Rituals Hyacera. Clinically proven to reduce wrinkles and fine lines and increase skin smoothness in 90 days, I take Hyacera every morning with my first glass of water, and like all of the Ritual products I have tried, the capsule actually smells good. Ritual's products are tested and validated by a third party for allergens, microbes, and heavy metals. They also engage in industry-leading sustainability standards and are a female-founded B Corp, which means they hold themselves accountable to not just their company's financial health, but also the health of people and our planet. Want to join me in hydrating from the inside out? Start Hyacera to help minimize wrinkles without compromising on clean science. Hyacera from Ritual is a clinically proven skin supplement you can actually trust. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com slash edit. Start Ritual or add Hyacera to your subscription today. That's ritual.com slash edit for 25% off. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Oftentimes, when asked to think about what one would do with a bonus hour, people reference things like exercise, play, and rest. These are all super important things, and I would recommend adding getting the support you need and deserve to your list. As a mom, independent business owner, and human blessed with many relationships, I spend a lot of time giving. So one of the greatest gifts of therapy for me has been the ability to know that someone is holding space for and listening to me. No filter required. I adjust my session frequency as needed, and it is a huge comfort knowing support is there for me. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. This online therapy platform was designed to remove the traditional barriers to therapy and make mental health care more accessible to everyone. Simply fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Learn to make time for what makes you happy with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash edit today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash edit. And let me just set us up for this show because, listen, um, we are dealing with a lot <laughs> in the world. Yes. Hashtag understatement of the century. And so some people might think it sounds a little light to talk about 
home decluttering and styling in the midst of a public health crisis. But I actually think it's the opposite. It's super important to talk about this because if you're like me, especially like continuing to basically stay at home, even as Mm -hmm. things reopen, home is more important than ever. Like we are just here all the time. Um, I 100% agree. 100% agree. Right. Yeah. Well, also, and since you know I'm a super nerd, I will share that I recently did a content survey about, you know, I just wanted to find out, like, how can I be useful to people? Like, what do people want to hear from me? Mm-hmm. And one of the top things that people wanted to hear more about was home-related stuff, specifically mm-hmm. decluttering and styling, hence this episode. So <laughs> this is this is this is research backed. I just wanna I just wanna make that make that You clear. are a data nerd. <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, it's important. So, yeah, yeah, it is important. So tell me, yeah. and like, let's talk about this. Because originally I reached out to you and said, hey, we could talk about styling or we could talk about decluttering. And yeah. you were like, we got to do both. So tell totally. me why you said that. So I think um, decluttering and styling are kind of two sides of the same coin. Um, you cannot style anything. Like all the styling in the world isn't going to do anything if you don't first address the decluttering or the clutter issue in your house. I've, I've had clients that um, have, I've gone on consultations and I walk in and there's like a serious amount of clutter and it's not just a, a situation of that day. And I, I'm very, you know, upfront with them. And I, I say, I would be happy to help you with your home and shifting furniture and changing colors and bringing in new pieces but we almost can't see sort of the forest through the trees right now. Mm-hmm. So for me, I I really feel like the decluttering piece is the part that brings you calm in your home. And the styling piece is what brings you joy. Mm-hmm. Um, and mm-hmm. I, I mean, look, you could say it the other way too, but I feel like you kind of have to have a cleaner slate to then reorganize things or bring new things in that are going to bring you joy. Does that Mm -hmm. make sense? Absolutely. Absolutely. And I also want to add that um, I'm so excited to dig in and like, I don't know, learn some, some master Jedi tricks (laughs) here, but, um, but I want to, I do want to point out that, you know, you and I, obviously we've talked about this a million times. We text about it all the time. We're all overwhelmed, right? So the focus today, we're going to be talking about like quick wins, yes, <laughs> affordable yeah. things, you know, you can do. Cause actually that was one of the things uh, somebody said on the survey is like budget is a little tight right now. So I yeah. want to just set that up. So people understand that this is yeah. coming from a lens of like dealing with these things in the real world right now. Well, and I think that's really important also. I mean, frankly, that's, that is my philosophy is sort mm-hmm. of using what you own or small investments it's kind of one of the reasons I got into this business because I felt like there was a void of people who could help homeowners um, sort of improve their space without completely rethinking and redesigning rooms, investing huge amounts of money into it. Mm-hmm. You know, now I now I service all range of clients, but that's really the original reason mm-hmm. and way I got into this business. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, perfect. So. All right, well, let's dive in. And I would like to start. I am very curious if you have, you know, any sort of like benchmarks or hard and fast rules when it comes to decluttering. Like, you know, something like if I haven't used whatever in X years, it's out. You know, are, are right. there things like right. that that you just kind of some good sort of basic tips to? that people can keep in mind? So 
I would say that if I had one of those hard and fast rules about if I haven't used something in X number of years, I would have like half as much stuff in my house. <laughs> and for me, that kind of rule doesn't really work. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm a little bit of a nostalgia nerd. I like having things from different parts of my life um, around me, even if I'm not using them all the time. Um, I do try to live by the philosophy of William Morris, who was a British textile designer. Um, and his sort of golden rule was have nothing in your house that you do not know to be useful mm-hmm. or believe to be beautiful. Mm-hmm. So it helps say like, it's not just about usability or function. If you have something that you believe to be beautiful, even if it is utterly lacking in function, you know, I have the dress that I wore on my, um, well, I have my wedding dress, but I have the dress that I wore on my wedding rehearsal night. It is a classic dress. I have not fit in it for, let's say, 17 years. It's not necessarily that that I think I'm going to fit in it ever again, but it's such a classic piece. I want to hang on to that. It's possible Mm. that someone else in my family might want to wear it at some point. Um, Or just that when I'm older, I want to look back at it and say, like, look at this. I loved this. It meant something to me. It was so pretty. And it's not taking up a lot of space. So... What I would say is, like, for example, when it comes to the kitchen, if the kitchen wares can start to feel really overwhelming, like Mm -hmm. all the utensils and tools and whatever. So what I would say is, if there are things that um, are used for, like, are very specific use, right, items for entertaining, which clearly is not in high demand right now, box all those things up and place them in a high shelf or a closet, in a closet or a labeled box in the basement. Um, so you know where they are, but they're not in reach all the time. Um, so yeah, so I, I guess I would say like, you know, I, I really don't subscribe to the whole, like, if you haven't used it in X number of years, but really look at pieces and say, is this either functional for me at some point, um, during each year, or is it beautiful and does it mean something to me? And if that's the case, keep it. And if not, get rid of it. I like that a lot. That's a, yeah. Yeah. I think I tend to err on the other side of like being mm-hmm. really hard and fast rule with yeah. getting rid of stuff, um, which perhaps, you know, might be the reason I got rid of my wedding dress like <laughs> four months after I got married. <laughs> Issues. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. was a poor grad student. I was selling it. But anyway, um, well, you know, you you gave I think the kitchen example that you shared yeah. was really great. I would I would love for you to share, you know, another like I, I love the quick decluttering wins. Like, sure. yeah, I would love to to hear from you about any other sort of big win decluttering or organization tips that you can execute even when you're utterly exhausted. I think especially maybe like for high traffic areas like the living yeah. room or you had mentioned one for the kitchen. Yep. Yep. Okay. So um, I guess a couple of examples here. One is for my clients, it is no secret that baskets are kind of my clutter combat weapon of choice. Mm -hmm. I think that having an area where things can be collected, right? So if it's a living room and you come to the end of the day or the end of the week and you're just sick of all the stuff everywhere, um, just kind of gathering up everything and throwing it into a large basket that sits in the corner or by your console table where your TV is or whatever, um, that stuff can be found again. Or you can take that basket and carry it around the house and get things back to where they belong. 
But sometimes it's just getting that stuff out of sight mm-hmm. and putting it in an area that you can then pick up and address, whether it's that minute or 10 minutes later or the next morning. What you do, you know, and also a basket helps like um, if it starts to overflow, right? It's a sign that like, come on, you got to, you got to empty this, move it to where it needs to go and, and start over again. Mm -hmm. But I think that's a really easy way to kind of declutter quickly in a high traffic area. Um, and baskets, you know, they don't have to be all like rattan or seagrass or, you know, they, they're metal ones. They're, they're ones for kind of every style. So it's not like you have to have a super traditional house to make baskets work. Um, but those are, you know, it's, those are, those are key to have in spaces that are high traffic. Um, another thing in the kitchen, for example, one of the things that you can do when you're feeling less exhausted is take some time to do some organization and batch areas of your kitchen. Mm -hmm. So this is the cabinet where my baking supplies are. This is the area of my counter where I store all my shelf-stable condiments, oils, salts, spices, herbs, things that I'm using often, Um, stuff like that. And so then when you're at the end of the day and you're exhausted and the kitchen's a holy mess, you have a place for those things immediately, right? Mm -hmm. It's like automatic. You don't Mm -hmm. have to think about it. Very much the whole a place for everything and everything in its place, that sort of theory. So there's some back-end work that needs to be done to make things easy in the exhausted moments. Yeah, I think that's super smart. And I would be remiss if I did not say that um, as you develop those sort of go-to spaces and, you know, the identities of those is to teach your kids where those are so they can. (laughs) Absolutely. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. Right. Because then it's not just about you managing everything every night. It's the whole family. And it's not just the kids, it's everyone in your family. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely. I actually, I didn't even think I had a particularly bad freak out, but I think the other day I said, uh, the big joke around here is that every time mom says, um, let's declutter the house like a bell rings or something. Yeah. <laughs> and um, so I said it again, but I said, you guys, I'm really serious. Like, <laughs> yeah. I will be really unhappy if this doesn't get su- get done this week. And um, I got to say, the girls jumped right in while I was right. working and they they did it. And it was very satisfying to come down yeah. to. I will say when there is a place for things, it just makes everything like easy and dare I say, like more fun and satisfying. Yeah. But if you are trying to put stuff away and also figure out where it goes at the yes. same time, it's like, forget it. It's just, you know, you might as well just not do it. It's true. Absolutely. Actually, that leads me to my next question is because I I would just I'm so curious to hear um, a few episodes back. Asha and I did an episode. I think it was on food and we talked about like or interesting things we were doing during the pandemic or or weird things like I was like cleaning my toaster out at the very beginning stuff I had not done in like 10 years. Yeah. So I I was curious if you had a personal, like very satisfying decluttering win, because for me, you just kind of alluded to it, but it was my spice cabinet. Like everybody Mm -hmm. knows I cook and bake a lot, but my spice cabinet was a disaster. It had annoyed me for 10 years and it's worth noting. I spent $0 to solve the problem. Like it was just not functional. The cabinets go to the ceiling. I can't even reach the top ones. So it's ridiculous. Um, so I, basically lowered the shelves to make them more reachable. Yeah. Yeah. And then 
I put on the very first shelf, I put our very most frequently used things like, you know, cinnamon, vanilla, red pepper flakes, not all jammed together, but just loose, you know, just like 10 things in there, plenty of room, not all packed in. And then I just found two cardboard boxes um, and labeled one baking and the other savory Mm -hmm. and loaded all the spices in in alphabetical order. So satisfying. I can't believe it took me 10 years to solve that problem. Yeah. And it's every amazing. time the kids, every time the kids or John go into the cabinet, they're like, oh, this is amazing. This is so easy to find stuff now. It's like, oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. And it, and it took no dollars and definitely some time, right? For yeah. Sure. It probably took an hour. I don't know. But yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. So have you had one of those kind of like weird or just satisfying wins? Oh, a hundred percent. And, and my, my super satisfying and relatively easy win was actually before the pandemic, which made things a whole lot easier during the pandemic. Um, for me, it was my pantry, like my overall mm-hmm. pantry, not just my spice cabinet. So um, it's a simple cabinet, has like four shelves um, to store, you know, pantry items, canned goods, grains, junk food, all that. Mm-hmm. And for about eight years, we lived with it just like that, like four shelves with just stuff pushed in. Mm-hmm. And you couldn't find anything in the back. It's a pretty deep cabinet. Couldn't find anything in the back. And what would happen is the same thing that sometimes happens with like a very overwhelming clothing collection where you don't think you have anything because there's so much stuff. You don't think you have what you need. So you go out and buy it and then you find you have like four of the same thing. Mm -hmm. (laughs) So um, I, you know, one day I just went to town. I decided like it was probably one afternoon. I just went to town. I pulled everything out. I threw out you know, expired artichoke pesto from some food basket I had gotten (laughs) three Mm -hmm. years ago, which was really disappointing because I would have loved to use that artichoke (laughs) pesto Um, throughout the expired stuff. And then I I had a minimal investment, maybe 50 bucks at Target, got some metal baskets. Baskets. (laughs) Baskets. I know, I'm like the basket lady. Um, Metal baskets and a couple of small plastic Lazy Susans for like smart. Yeah. For like um, barbecue sauces and um, other spices and just things that didn't like fit fit neatly either in rows or in the baskets. And honestly, I didn't even like label anything. That's probably next level kind of stuff. Um, I mean, there's some crazy, amazing organization experts out there that label everything and whatever. I just, I didn't have time for that. But you can tell the baskets are complete completely like metal open weave so you can tell what's in there Mm -hmm. and it's just very easy to return what you're getting out back into the spot where it came from that's so that was huge and i know it sounds like petty and simple but it is it has like been life-changing and we actually eat the food that's in the pantry now oh no that's huge and uh, i mean i i became especially obsessed with food waste um you know yes. when everything when all of this started and 100% and i did ended up doing a sort of inventory and clean out and i was like wow there's like stuff from 2008 in here <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's it's over a decade <laughs> i would say that might fit my hard and fast rule of getting rid of it. <laughs> yep yuck yeah um all right well that is awesome okay well Paige, we have more I want to cover. We're in the back half of the episode. We're going to talk about styling and on a budget, which I'm very excited about. And we will do that after a quick break. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, 
whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. Hey, are you a parent of a teenager? Are you feeling overwhelmed about how to be what they need while also holding limits and boundaries that keep them safe? Are you tired of conversations that negate how messy this season of parenting is? Well, I've got you. My name is Casey O'Rourke. I am a positive discipline trainer, parent coach, and the host of the Joyful Courage podcast. Every week I come to you with an interview, digging into tough topics with experts I trust and solo shows that go deep into the personal growth and mindset needed to raise teens in a way that grows them into confident, capable young people. I am not afraid of getting real about the intersection of conscious parenting and the teen years, while also bringing in vulnerability, humor, and lightness. I'm walking the path with you and honored to serve. Listen to Joyful Courage on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you consume podcasts. Okay, friends, we are back with Paige Lewin of Tess and Ted Interiors. I don't even think we mentioned your business name at the front, so total (laughs) fail. Sorry. (laughs) That's Um, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll link it up in the notes. But um, anyway, on the top half of this episode, we were talking about the all-important decluttering that needs to happen (laughs) before you do anything else. Absolutely. Yes. To create the sense of calm for yourself. Exactly. And now I want to talk about styling. And I had mentioned um, the survey I did and the specific request I received received, uh, or one of them about this topic of home and home improvement was how to style or improve your home when you have very little dollars. And, mm-hmm. um, and you mentioned this a little bit as part of your philosophy, but, you know, I saw firsthand when you worked on our home, you really are a master at using what you have uh, or what your clients have, even if mm-hmm. like probably deep down you're like, dudes, you should get rid of this particular piece. You really... <laughs> which we learned later, you know, we should really get rid of a thing or two. Um, But also moving things around. I know you worked with another friend where you literally just like moved around stuff that she already had and it was Mm -hmm. life-changing for her. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, we all get stuck seeing different things in our home in a specific way. So I don't know if you even have a tip on this, but how do you recommend people get unstuck to kind of like start to explore how to use what they have in a different way? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I have some tips on this. And, and I would say that, um, that question of like being stuck and seeing things in the same way all the time, number one, it's totally natural, right? You're in the same space all the time. You probably walk in and out of the space the whole time. And it always brings up the image of 
Robin Williams in Dead Poets Society, where he encourages his students to stand up on top of their desks oh, yeah. and look mm-hmm. at the space in a different way. Mm-hmm. Not, ex- I'm not suggesting that you get up on like a 10 foot ladder and look at things in a different way, but I think that there are easy ways you can do this. Um, my first would be to invite a friend over, masked up, of course, <laughs> <laughs> to come over and um, ask them what they see. You know, everyone everyone seems to have that one friend who's like not a designer, but has all those designer instincts, mm-hmm. really loves home and home styling and, you know, home interior interiors. And, you know, ask them to come over and say, do they see things that could be shifted from one room to another or a piece of art that would look amazing on a different wall or uh, maybe a collection of items that you've spread across your whole house, but could be grouped like on a shelf or on a wall or in a tray for more impact. Um, so really just asking someone else to come in and look at your house or your space or your room with fresh eyes, mm-hmm. I think makes a big, big difference. And frankly, that's a lot of what I'm doing during my consultations. People are so stuck in seeing their rooms in a specific way that I can, to your, to your point before, like I can move a piece of furniture whether it's a foot or five feet or shifting it into a different room. And it's like revolutionary for the homeowner. Mm-hmm. Um, and you have to, of course, listen to the homeowner and hear what their needs are functionally. You don't just do it willy nilly, but like, I think it just sometimes takes those outside eyes to look at it, mm-hmm. um, which we can still do even in a pandemic. Um, I think a couple of other things. One is in living rooms, I would say that probably 75% of the people I see have their seating pushed up against the walls in their living room. Mm -hmm. Um, Like they think they just have to have the couch right up against the wall and chairs right up against the wall. Kind of the wallflower syndrome, you know, a student at a dance. Right. (laughs) (laughs) So one really easy styling tip for furniture is pull everything close together, closer together Mm -hmm. in a conversation area. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, if your armchair is 10 feet away from your couch, probably not super cozy feeling. Mm -hmm. So pull it all together. Um, Another thing, if there's a piece somewhere else in your house, whether it's like a really beautiful chair that you were given by a family member or um, a piece of art or just an object that you got on a travel you know, adventure somewhere and you wish you saw it more often, you know, the pandemic is creating different um, sort of patterns for all of us at home. We're Mm -hmm. spending more time in spaces that we didn't spend in before. So if there's something that you really love from one space and you want to kind of inject a feeling of joy in that space, bring it down to where you're spending more time. And even just that shift can make a big difference. Um, and then, you know, this is really old school, but like buy a few shelter magazines, home magazines, you know, House Beautiful, Better Homes and Gardens, New England Home, Martha, and just like flip through the pages and see if any of those inspire in terms of layout or suggestions. I mean, honestly, I will say I got my interior design education from basically pouring over my mother's home magazines for mm-hmm. a decade, mm-hmm. you know, as a child. Um, and if you spend enough time having those images sort of infuse your brain, (laughs) they might inspire something else in your home, Mm -hmm. a different way of thinking. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I, you know, 
I don't even know if you're taking new clients, but um, <laughs> I I will also just say, you know, if you are out there and you're just like exhausted and or don't have vision for this, you know, then uh, I would consider a professional like <laughs> like you, Paige, because I've told people time and again, you know, I'm as you know, I'm a creative person like I have. And I actually, for some things, have a very strong like aesthetic, like I know exactly mm-hmm. what I want to wear. I know, you know, yeah. there's certain things. But when it comes to the house, I'm like paralyzed. And mm-hmm. yeah, <laughs> so um, it's very common. It, I guess. I mean, I'm, I'm glad to hear that because I just for a long time, I was like, why don't I like I know what I like when I see it, but I just can't I can't envision it at all. Yeah. Um, and, you know, J- John and I often joke, you've heard us say this before, but, you know, when we worked with you at the beginning, you, you give a range of options and recommendations and then you know you can roll them out like as your budget allows and um anytime we would try to kind of like think oh maybe we should do it a little different and we'd research or we do something we always came back to your recommendation was like oh page is just right so now we finally know (laughs) just like do whatever page says (laughs) yeah i mean i will say i am taking new clients and i will say that you know consultations the quick in and out you know hour and a half consultation is it's actually one of my favorite things to do because it's such high impact for the client yeah. a lot of the times yeah um it's really high impact with small changes and you know it gives them at least it whets their appetite and if they want to do more great and if they don't even just that change can help yeah that's that's great that's great to know like that there's a um sort of a sort of smaller easy entry yeah, kind of option totally yeah. easy easy entry yep, yeah absolutely that's cool. Yeah. All right. Well, you had mentioned baskets. I was wondering, (laughs) (laughs) which now I'm thinking, I'm like, hmm, I might need Paige to write a basket roundup for me. Um, I was wondering if you have any other um, simple ways that you would recommend to style your home that make a big difference uh, and are affordable. Yes. Yeah. And actually baskets, I mean, baskets can be styling pieces, but I actually really see them as functionally functional. Oh, good distinction. Pieces. See, this is why I'm not in your business. Okay. Yeah. 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 I mean, I, I really see them as like uh, transport. Okay. All right. Good. Good. Okay. We've cleared that <laughs> up. Um, and I'm happy to do a, a roundup of great baskets that you could link up here. Um, so whatever you want. Um, okay. So first I just want to say, I really, really don't believe in buying like quote unquote stuff to fill shelves or walls. Mm -hmm. I think that is a huge waste of money and you should be investing no matter how small the investment is or how large the investment is in things that stir you emotionally or are functional. So back to that, like beauty or function, Mm -hmm. the whole idea of just like gathering up a bunch of objects. Yeah. Objects or, you know, tchotchkes to kind of fill your house. It is just not my philosophy. I think some people love it, but it's not my philosophy. So Mm -hmm. um, I also think that people get really overwhelmed with the concept of quote unquote styling. Like I'm not a, I'm not a home styler. So what, how would I even enter this? Especially if they don't consider themselves creative. So I think it, I think about it more as organizing objects to make them pleasing to the eye. Hmm, which, I like it. Okay. Which I think appeals to um, sort of the, the like more engineering side of, of clients of mine, right? It's just organizing objects. Mm-hmm. Um, so that said, I think there are five, and I'll go through these quickly, super simple, lower investment ways to inject life into a room. Um, and a lot of it might be things that you already have. Um, a lot of it, some of it is things that you can make. So um, art, my number one game changer for a room 
I think that art is super important to a room. A room without art is not done. Mm-hmm. And I'm not talking expensive art. You don't have to overthink it. There's so much affordable art out there. And I'm happy to share links if you want to link up on your show notes. Um, or you can make your own. I have a piece that I, I do not consider myself an artist in any way. But I made a piece. I was having a party. I had a big blank wall. I'd been kind of trying, overthinking what to do with it. And I decided to buy a gigantic canvas, take some old paint samples that I had had, tip the canvas up on one end and pour the paint from one end to another on the canvas, letting it drip down and letting, letting the layers dry in between. And at the end, it was this, I mean, nothing that I would (laughs) sell or anything, but it, it filled the space and it was pretty and I made it. And it's now hung on the wall for in actually several different spaces in our house for four years. That's lovely. And it took like 10 minutes. Mm-hmm. And all I did was buy a canvas and use old paint samples. So, okay. So that's number one. Um, second thing is books. Mm-hmm. Books are key, whether it's a well-organized collection on shelves that you have in your room or stacks of larger, like quote unquote, coffee table books. But they could even be your kids' favorite picture books that are oversized, sitting on a flat surface. If you stack them in a cool way and then put an object of importance on top, whether it's a plant or a paperweight or a plate that's pretty, you have a styled space. See, it's much simpler than people Mm -hmm. think. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Greenery and flowers, I think, are super important. But again, don't get paralyzed by, quote unquote, flower arranging. You don't have to be a flower arranger. Go out to your yard, forage for a bunch of pretty branches that you can clip off shrubs, put them in a vase with water, you're all set. Or buy a few houseplants next time you're at the grocery store. And I know you are a huge proponent and fan of houseplants, right? Easy to get. I am, yeah. Inexpensive, mm -hmm. right? Um, Two more, trays. I think trays are uh, like a styling... Um, magic trick, right? So gather items in an organized and pretty fashion on a tray because gathering makes more impact rather than having things spread out all over the place. Mm-hmm. So maybe you have a tray on your counter, like we were saying before, for spices and oils. The spices and oils all over your counter versus gathered on a tray, totally different. A tray on your coffee table with a small basket or a bowl for your remotes, some pretty books, a small plant. Much nicer, much prettier than all those things spread all over your coffee table. A tray on your bedside table for bedtime essentials. You know, I have my reading glasses, whatever I'm reading at the moment. Um, glass of water can be a small tray or a larger tray that everything on your your bedside table fits. Uh, so trays are are like, you know, magic. I, I need to interject here because <laughs> my mind is turning and I'm like, I'm going to tray up my house after this recording. <laughs> and I need to point out, listeners, in case you need to know the kind of person that Paige Lowen is, she brought me trays, pretty little trays from Paris. Like the the idea that somebody like made space in their luggage. Just anyway. So I'm gonna I was like, I'm gonna use one of those trays on my bedside table. So anyway, yes. thank you. I'm gonna I'm gonna no do problem. that after we finish recording. <laughs> no problem. Um and then the last one I think is paint. Right. Mm -hmm. Paint is super easy, 
relatively inexpensive, though a little more expensive than one might think. But, you know, a gallon of paint, if you're doing Benjamin Moore, it might be $50. If it's Sherwin-Williams, it might be $30. Um, but frankly, right now, I think everyone is having a little bit of boredom with their space, mm-hmm. right? So paint a wall, paint a room. It doesn't have to be a whole room. Paint your trim. Trim is kind of a pain, but, you know, just throw up some paint because it's so easy to redo if you get bored with it later. If you hang art on a wall, a new piece of art, like from another space, or if you acquire a piece of art, change the color of that wall to make the art pop, mm-hmm. right? Pull a color from that art piece and paint the wall that color. Mm-hmm. Art on a nondescript beige wall is just so sad. <laughs> it's just so sad. <laughs> And it's it's not going to do the art justice, whether it's a $20 print or a $1,000 painting. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just, it's not going to do it justice. Yeah. Um, and then yeah. one last thing I would say is that a side note about leftovers, okay? I think sometimes people move into homes and they leave some of the leftovers from the previous owner, mm-hmm. whether that is... Um, crazy ugly like top treatment window top treatments you know maybe like a valance in a bathroom Mm -hmm. or a really hideous light fixture um those things are easy to change if it's a if it's a bad top treatment take it down just take Mm -hmm. it down i had a client one time where she told me how much that thing bothered her and i was like well let's take it down right now (laughs) and and we did. And she was like, oh, my God, I didn't even kind of know that that was something I could do. That's so funny. Um, yeah. And, you know, light fixtures like that's kind of next level, but but also does not have to be expensive. Mm-hmm. And changing out a light fixture is something that if a light fixture is already there. Kind of you could do it right. I've changed mm-hmm. out several light, light fixtures. So those are some, you know, I would say quick my top quick tips for lower budget or yeah. use what your own what you own kind of tips. I think those, that's fantastic. And I just okay? want to make a note on the paint situation that yeah. because you opened my eyes to just the contrast wall, like one wall. So mm-hmm. for anybody who's feeling a little daunted about painting, like it doesn't even, you know, as you said, it doesn't need to be a full room. It could just be one wall, which is also just cool looking. Yeah. <laughs> so we now yeah. have, thanks to you, three different spaces in our house with a contrast wall. So Mm -hmm. very, very cool. All right. Well, my last question for you, you touched on a few sources of inspiration, like different magazines. And I was wondering if you have any particular recommendations, if you want to just throw them out for ones that are particularly, but um, particularly budget friendly, since somebody had asked about that. Yeah, sure. So, I mean, for me, I would say that my, um, my inspiration, almost all my inspiration these days comes from Instagram or design books. Mm-hmm. Design books are so heavily produced, though, that sometimes they can be kind of overwhelming, like what an image looks like. And that's can be the same for Instagram. But um, the the image that it produced like is you can never live up to it because you can't live in that way. Right. But yeah, um, in terms of Instagram, I think there there are three people that I follow, three accounts that I follow that I think are um, either just flat out inspiration or or inspiration with being mindful of budget. So the first would be Shira Gill, and I believe it's at Shira Gill. Okay. Um, 
And she is just, she, she does this gorgeous minimalist organization. Doesn't feel very daunting. Her photos are very inspiring in terms of thinking about spaces in a very spare way and organizing things in a very beautiful but spare way. I'm not a minimalist, but I find it really inspiring to look at. Mm-hmm. Um, the second is Jenny Commenda. She, oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. So she's the author of the original Little Green Notebook, mm-hmm. which was the first home blog I followed. Um, she is a master of styling and DIY, really. Um, even just pouring through her archives on her blog, um, which I think is now Juniper Home. Um, or looking at her Instagram is is incredibly inspiring. And she's very thoughtful about budget. Um, yeah. I And again, like while my style differs from her, I think it's important to recognize that you can be inspired by things that are not directly your style. Even if Absolutely. your house is not going to look like that. Yeah. You can you can learn from other beautiful images. Um, and then finally my my third one would be Sheila Bridges who um is again on Instagram Harlem Twall Girl and she has these just beautiful cozy luscious styled interiors and her use of color and traditional pieces more traditional pieces is it's just like a feast for the eyes mm. so you can learn a lot about scale and um again use of color and use of finishes, metals, woods, things like that, just by looking at her images. So, yeah. Oh, I, I can't wait that, to follow know, those accounts. That's fun. That might not be like super tactical, but just from an inspiring, you know, side of things, I find that there are a lot of organization experts on on Instagram that it's almost too overwhelming to look at because like labeling my whole house is just never going to happen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right. So I, I these three... I just find to be like very subtle. Um, they don't like make me feel bad about myself. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that is really important right now. Yeah, it is. It is. Yep. Well, yep. especially because home, like home porn, let's be honest, like yes. that's a thing. So totally. Um, and it's, you know, we don't need more reasons to feel bad about ourselves. No. So I love that. Absolutely. Well, and obviously, you know, I will link up your Instagram account, Tess and Ted, oh, in the thanks. in the notes too. Um, and also like people, obviously your website, so people can see your different projects and things. Great. Um, okay. So Paige, yes. uh, last hot seat question. Yes. Um, at the end of each episode, Asha and I share what we call your next edit. It is something that listeners can consider doing straight away because our listeners love tackling, you know, doable things. Mm-hmm. So I would love to know what your next edit is in the context of our conversation today. Hmm. Okay. Um, well, so during the early days of the pandemic, I was able to tackle the decluttering and styling of our home, our, our like joint home office slash guest room, which was really huge because it had been kind of a dumping ground before, just like, you know, you know, those baskets I was mm-hmm. referring to that you bring to other rooms it's just like loaded of, with baskets and tote bags of stuff um but i think my next edit will be to go through i have kind of a an embarrassingly large collection of costume jewelry from a, an old life of mine yes <laughs> and um we're in a different era now there's not a lot of costume jewelry being worn 
Um, and although I think things are going to get back to normal, it's just making me realize like, I don't really need all that I have. Yeah. So I think I need to go kind of scorched earth on the costume jewelry situation Mm -hmm. and get it down to, you know, a, a collection that I can, where I can look at everything every day instead of having stuff in boxes set aside. That's not doing anyone good, any good. It's not doing me any good. It's not doing anyone any good right so let's i i think i'm gonna look through that comb through that and just offer things to my friends or something yeah so choosing um, an area like yeah, choosing exactly. something really absolutely. tangible absolutely yeah. super tangible that can be just a small baby step that can be attacked and you know resolved quickly wonderful wonderful Paige, this was such a delight thank you so much for sharing your time i know these summer hours are a little like uh, weirdly they're open yet also difficult to nail down. So I, re- yeah. I really appreciate your coming on the show today. It was such a pleasure. It always is when I'm with you. Ah, lovely. <laughs> All right, friends, you will find the show notes for this episode, including links to resources we've mentioned at edityourlifeshow.com. And this week, we'd like to know what is one area of your home that you'd like to spruce up? Hop over to facebook.com slash edityourlifeshow and look for the question of the week pinned to the top of the page, or you can chat with us on Instagram at edityourlifeshow. Thanks for listening. Well, hey there, busy mama. Are you looking for ways to make your life easier, your home less chaotic, and at the same time, add more joy to your life? My name is Deanna Yates, and I'm the host of Wanna Be Clutter Free a podcast all about letting go of the stuff we don't need in our lives so that we can focus on what truly matters. Don't worry, I'm not going to tell you to throw it all away or make you feel guilty about keeping something you love, no matter how many other people don't quite understand it. But I will give you practical and more importantly, actionable advice so that you can make progress right away. And you won't just hear it from me. There are amazing guests too. It's like having your bestie in your pocket, telling you it's okay to let go of the things that are not serving you and your family in a totally non-judgmental way. So join me over on the podcast where we can work on progress over perfection for those of us that want to be clutter-free.